listening to First Church Charlotte. I help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach on this subject, two words to you tonight. This time. This time. Look to your neighbor left and right and tell him, this time. This time will I praise the Lord. Can you raise your hands with me all across the beautiful sanctuary in this beautiful atmosphere of praise and worship and to a holy God and a loving God who wants to speak to us and touch us tonight. Father, I love you so much. I thank you for the first church of Charlotte, this lighthouse, this sanctuary, Lord, that's filled with your glory, your power, your presence, ready and able to speak to us, to pour into us, to impart to us, oh God. We pray that as we go into your word tonight, for your word is already anointed and settled in heaven, and we pray that you will anoint us to receive. Grant us eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit has got to say to the church. We pray like the old timers tonight. Throw your weight in the sanctuary. Let your power and glory be revealed among your people. And the anointing will break and destroy every yoke. That we will leave this place never the same. And Satan, we know that you're the prince of the power of the air. So we decree and declare that you are defeated. That no weapon that is formed against the people of God tonight shall prosper. We're walking out changed and healed and delivered and empowered and renewed and strengthened and anointed and delivered and set free. No longer the same. We decree it on this Friday night of Passion Week. We thank you for what you're doing and what you're getting ready to do. Clap your hands in Jesus' name. If you believe that God's getting ready to speak into your life this night. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I need you to clap your hands just for about 10 more seconds and give him your best praise tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Let the redeem of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hands of the enemy. Thank you for standing. The Lord bless you. You may have your seats in the house of the Lord this time. My brothers and sisters, saints and friends, I want to start off by saying or quoting uh, what Mark Twain once declared, that the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. I believe discovering your why is the challenge for most that exist today. Because life is a challenge. Life is a collage of circumstances that is woven together by the thread of process that is intended to reveal your pattern of purpose in God. It is the pressure that provokes your potential so that you can fulfill what God has designed for your life. Life deals with two things tonight. Life deals with identity and destiny. Identity deals with who I am, while destiny deals with where I'm going. And God will reveal who you are in times and places of where you are to reveal his plan and purpose for your life. Let me say it again. God will use where you are to reveal who you are so that he can fulfill life more abundantly only in him. And if you and I are not careful tonight, we can allow the things that we encounter to trap us from pursuing what God has called us to do. Instead of involving into what God has already put in us, 
we will find ourselves succumbing to the circumstances around us. But how many know tonight, I wish I had a witness here, that God will allow some things to break down in our lives so that some things can break out for our good and for his glory. Amen. Because life has a funny way of being uncertain to all of us. Can I talk to some real people tonight? Uh, these devastating components, these things that catches us unaware or by surprise are the most intense and pressuring moments for us. And, uh, and if we can look back at our life's timeline of events, and if we can, uh, we can honestly say that if we just knew it before it happened... We would have saved ourselves a whole lot of worry and a whole lot of stress. Peradventure, if you're here under the sound of my voice and if you've not experienced any type of problem or situation, just keep on living. Life, I wish I had a witness here, can be unfair. Life can be unbearable. Uh, life can be uncertain for all of us. And these things has a way of catching us by surprise. And they're the most devastating components. Uh, and, and it brings us sometimes, if we're not careful, to a, a place in the mindset of failure and defeat. Uh, defining life to me is more than just uh, breathing air. It's learning to deal with the stuff that you did not plan for. <laughs> the twists and the turns, the, the ups and the downs, the unexpected seasons that we occurred. And I'm convinced tonight that if every unexpected tragedy that occurred in our lives were pre-planned, pre the level of devastation would have been so great. If I only knew that that sickness was going to come to my body before it happened, if I, if I knew I was going to lose that job before it happened, if I knew that that relationship was going to go bad before it happened, I would have saved myself a whole lot of worry and stress and energy and focus rather dealing with the unexpectancy of the situation. And so my brothers and sisters tonight, since we're not born with some type of palm reader in our hands, and since tomorrow is unknown to all of us, life can make us respond to things we would have never thought to respond to and do things we would have never thought to do and say things we would have never thought to say. Sometimes it's not the devil and it's not hell breaking loose in our life. Sometimes it's just life. And if you're living and breathing under the sound of my voice tonight, we all have to go through those moments and seasons where life brings us these uncertainties and un, uh, these, these tragedies in our lives. Uh, it, it's, it's what we do in these times. Hear me tonight. It's, it's what we do in these times of uncertainties that will determine how long we stay in what we are in. Uh, the truth be told tonight that we are all going to find ourselves in a place where it's dry and lonely, where our faith has been empty and our emotions have run out, that we're not going to have passion week every day of our lives. And we're going to get to a place, amen, where we're not, we're not going to feel like we're on the mountaintop. We're going to feel sometimes where we come to church and we pray, but God is a million miles away and we lift our hands in worship, but it seems like we got to open one eye and look at our neighbor because it seems like God God is doing a work in my neighbor's life and touching my neighbor and ministering to my neighbor but I'm trying the very best but yet still 
I feel like God is so far away. We are all going to find ourselves where we are wrestling, so to speak, in our flesh between our will and the Father's will. We're going to find ourselves where reality is going to be a struggle for all of us and our faith will be tested in these times. But let it assure you tonight on this Friday night that we better learn how to live for God, not just on a passion week, but every day of our lives, we must deny ourselves. We must take up the cross and follow him. Acts chapter 17 verse 28 declares in him, don't miss this, we move, we live, and we have our being. You see, he is the very source of our existence. The principle of motion comes from him. One of the most difficult things in nature to properly, to properly apprehend and a strong proof of the continued presence and energy of this deity that, that we live in him. That we move in him and are in him. Without him, not only can we do nothing, but without him, we are nothing. We are, we continue to be because of his all continued and present and all pervading and supporting energy. That we live at all is his gift that we have the power to move is his gift and our continued and prolonged existence is his gift what he gives to us is a gift but what we give back to God is our gift back to him and this is why we come to church and we don't fold our hands and cross our legs when we worship God no we give him our voice we open our mouths we lift our hands we stand we we dance we clap we shout we run the aisles why because this is saying God this is my gift back to you. Let everything that have breath praise the name of the Lord. I want to give my gift back to him. Yeah. That we live at all is his gift. And that we have the power to move is his gift. The apostle Paul traces our dependence on him from the lowest pulsation of life to the highest powers of action and of continued existence. It would be impossible tonight, church, to express in more emphatic language our entire dependency on God. He is the reason why we're breathing tonight. I wish I had a church here. Uh, he's the reason why we are breathing. He's, he's the reason why we woke up this morning. We're, we're in our right minds because of him. We can, we can see, smell, taste, touch, and hear because of him. Don't you ever think for one moment that God owes you and I something. Oh no, we owe God everything tonight. I wish I had a church in here. Did you know that the longest list of questions found in the word of God, I feel like preaching tonight. The longest list of questions found in the word of God are questions asked by God himself. In Job chapters 38 and 39, God poses query after query to his servant Job who has daily begged for answers to some tough and heart-wrenching questions of his own. Instead of providing Job with simple answers, God provides a, a string of thought-provoking riddles. They start with words like who or where 
or when, or have you, or can you, or do you know? He describes all the miracles of the animal kingdom, and he talks about the weather and the solar system and other mysteries of nature. It is as God is talking to Job as a parent would talk to its child. He says to Job, can you cause it to rain on the earth, Job? Or who provided the raven its food? Can you make the seasons, Job? Can you cause the sun to rise in the east, set in the west? Can you put the stars in place? Can you put the moon in place? Can you can you do all of these things, Job? I know you're blessed and you're highly favored of God, or as I love to say, you're highly flavored of the Lord, and, and everything is going your way, and uh, you, you know you got possessions, and, and, and everything is right, and everything is okay, but, but there was a season in your life where I've granted Satan permission to step into your world and rock your world so that at the end of the day you will show that you're not living for me based on what I've given you but you're living for me because of who I am wish you could hear me tonight. Amen. Because sometimes I believe that God permits things to happen in our life, not because we're downright evil and not because he doesn't love us, but I believe he permits things to happen. He may not be the source of it, but he allows it to happen so that at the end of the day, it can reveal who we really are so that we can stand and say, I'm not living for you because of money in the bank. I don't serve you because of my job or the car that I drive or the house that I live in naked I came in and naked I'm going to leave the good Lord giveth and the good Lord taketh away but in spite of what I'm going through I'm going to lift my hands and say blessed be the name of the Lord Job finds himself at the place where he begins to question God and ask God, God, I just don't understand why my life and why my family and why my career, why, why this, why that sickness breaks out of your body. You know the story. Uh, he loses his kids and he loses everything that he has. And, and even his own wife turns around and say, don't go to church anymore. This, this curse God and die. And, and now he finds himself at the place where he begins to question God. Let's, let's be honest tonight. You, we've been there many times where we been on our knees and we have to scratch our head in the spirit because we just didn't understand amen why we were going through what we were going through God I'm doing the best that I can to love you and live for you and serve you doing the best that I can uh, to do what's right as a father as a man as a husband as a wife as a mother whoever you are amen we do the best we can to live for God but sometimes things just happen that brings us to the place where our faith is tested, where we go to God and say, God, why have you forsaken me? Or if you're like me back in New York, I say, God, what the deal? I just don't understand what I'm going through. When I'm Job finds himself where he asks God all these questions and then Job, amen, now gets knocked off his feet, so to speak, because the Bible reminds us that God turns around and he asks Job 184 questions of his own to remind Job that my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. 
hear me tonight because some people will try to melt God down and put him in a test tube so that we can define him and understand him but this is a terrible mistake because the prophet Isaiah reminds us for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and we let's be honest as people of God we ask a question and it's usually because we're lacking information oh but God on the other hand he knows everything he's omniscient there's nothing that is a mystery to God and so I begin to look through the scriptures and I wondered why are there so many questions asked by God himself and I found hundreds of questions bishop of questions asked by God himself in the word of God and what I discovered the most is that God does not ask a question because he does not know the answer I wish you can hear me tonight. Oh, but he asks us deep and penetrating questions because he wants us to understand and think that he is God and we are not. Whoo, I'm sorry to sound harsh and blunt tonight. That's not my intention. But I believe as a people of God in these last and closing days where everything that can be shaken is being shaken, we need to rid ourselves of the mindset that God needs to bless us or God needs to heal my body or God needs to find me a spouse or God needs to find me a job can I help you in the church tonight God is not obligating to doing anything he is God and we are not I wish I can preach in here and so for this revelation we understand tonight amen that I don't serve him because of what he's given me I serve him because of who he is my ultimate reason of living for God is not because of benefits I live for him because of who he is know ye not that the Lord he is God it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves we are his people and the sheep of his pasture so enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful unto him and bless his name why? for the Lord is good I wish somebody would help me his mercy is everlasting and his truth endured unto all generations Pastor Jolly, what are you saying tonight in spite of where you find yourself in life? He's still God and you are not. Whether you're sick, whether you got no money, whether you're unemployed, that's not the time to get weary and well-doing. That's time to lock in and say, God, you're God in my life. I trust you in the good times. I trust you in the bad. And I'm not going to praise you when things are just only good. Praise is not my multiple choice I will bless the Lord at all times he is God and we are not somebody clap your hands and give him high praise in this house I feel like preaching in this house on this Friday night See, the truth be told tonight, we only have one life on this earth. <laughs> and regardless of the hardships that we have faced, and in spite of the mistakes that we have made, the life we each return to God at death can be full of praise and thanksgiving or misery and complaint. 
and defining the quality of life we have lived, one might say that life was as good as the desires that we have fulfilled, or it was as bad as our disappointments. Difficulties, hear me, are a part of life on earth. And most of the time we handle them quite well, but every time we suffer a major disappointment, a heaviness, or a loss of joy settles in our hearts. Proverbs said it like this. Solomon said that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Deep disappointments, I'm helping somebody tonight, has a way of never leaving us, of actually shaping our personality and our outlook on life. The quality of life we experience is diminished by these disappointments. Our future well-being is also affected because carrying disappointments makes us less outgoing and less socially attractive to others, which causes further emotional setbacks in other areas of our lives gradually, unless we learn how to handle loss and pain and mistakes and disappointments in God, we can become the type of person that others withdraw from every time we go through a situation. It's tight in here, but I know I'm right. I know many people tonight, even in the church, whose desires, hear me, are their gods. Ooh, this message about desires tonight. Whose desires are their gods. They desire wealth. They desire marriage. They desire popularity and fame and security. These desires, they rule them and make them their slaves. Are such desires evil? Not in themselves, but if having our desires fulfilled is the reason why we've come to God and come to church, then our life will not change until our priorities change. Such an example is found in the story of Leah. I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. Jacob's first wife in the book of Genesis 29. The Bible says that Leah is the oldest daughter of Laban. She was given to Jacob deceitfully because Jacob was a deceiver in life. This is not in my notes, but I feel like helping somebody here tonight. A hard lesson to learn in life is whatsoever you sow or marry or connect to, that will you also reap. That's for another time when I get back. Uh, Laban is the greater deceiver. Uh, the Bible says that, that Jacob works for Rachel for seven long years, but she, he still gets hooked up with the wrong girl. Now, we don't preach this a lot in Pentecost, but, but there is a spiritual note and nugget to receive here tonight because Jacob is working for Rachel for seven years. He must, by this time, knows what she likes, knows her personality, knows everything about her he's working for her for seven long years but he's still connected with somebody else it could be said of us amen never let it be said of us as a people of God that we find ourselves guilty knowing what it is to be in church and knowing what it is to feel the power of God we know what it is to lift our hands and worship God and give God praise but yet still our life finds itself connected with the wrong things and the wrong people thank you Holy Ghost love not the world neither the things that are in the world for if any man love the world then the love of 
the Father is not in him. This message is to draw the line in the sand tonight. This message is about a God who when man looks on the outside but God looks on the inside. Oh yeah, he knows the thoughts and the intents of your heart. This message is about somebody that's going to make up their mind that in, in, in a forever changing world, we're not going to change as an apostolic church. We're not going to change amen about what we believe and who we are. We're going to draw the line in the sand and speak to the spirit of the age and let this world know for God I live and for God I'm going to die. He that started the good work in you, he's going to finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. If you made up your mind that I'm going here to finish, that for God I live and for God I'm going to die. I determine one thing have I desired of the Lord and that one thing will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Ooh, this is a good time to give your neighbor a high five for the first time and tell him I'm not going anywhere. Come on, look at somebody say backsliding is not an option. I wish I had a preaching church on this Friday night. Going back to Egypt is not an option. Leaving the church is not an option. The Lord is my light and my salvation. He is my God. In him will I trust and serve. I wish I had a church in here. Come too far to backslide now. I pray too many prayers to give up now. I cry too many tears to lose it now. He that started the good work, devil hear me. He's going to finish. He's going to finish. He's going to finish. if you can yeah Jacob Jacob doesn't value Leah Laban doesn't either hear me Leah says to herself why do I want Jacob's love so bad she's chasing a love that she never received from her own father hear me he, she's trying to fix in her adulthood what went wrong in her childhood because God made us to be in relationship God God made us for connection we don't want to be lonely we don't want to be afraid we don't want to be unloved so we try to connect but if we don't do it God's way we'll connect with the wrong people and the wrong thing and millions of people are regretting today decisions that they have made in their past and now they are living unhappy and unfulfilled and in bitterness and miserable because they were just simply fearful of reliving a nightmare in their adulthood from what went wrong in their childhood and the worst mistake that any child of God can make in these times is to become impatient. Hear me tonight. Because what is born out of impatience will always mock God's promise on your life. 
God help me in here tonight. What is born out of impatience will always mock God's promise on your life. You're looking at me like Alice in Wonderland tonight. Uh, I've got Bible for you. Are you ready? Genesis chapter number 12. The promise was given to Abram and Sarah. Uh, the Bible says she had no power to conceive a seed. Uh, the apostle Paul described it like this, that, that Abraham was good as dead. I'm trying to keep it PG-13 tonight, y'all. This, there wasn't, you couldn't, he, Abraham couldn't go to Walgreens, couldn't, couldn't go to CVS. Uh, they, they, let me move forward. I, if my wife was here right now, she'd be giving me the look. Stay in your notes, baby. Stay in your notes. Uh, there, there wasn't no help in the time of trouble for Abraham. Uh, that he was as good as dead, meaning he could not produce a seed and she could not conceive a seed. Chapter 16, Sarah says to Abram, behold, the Lord hath restrained me from barren. Uh, Sarah, seeing her age and her barrenness, realizes that there's no way she can have a child. Her present situation has driven her to make an impatient decision that will jeopardize God's promise on her life. You know the story. Sarah, Sarah says to Abram, go, go find an Egyptian handmaid by the name of Hagar and they both will produce a man child by the name of Ishmael and the Bible says to us that this child Ishmael, watch this, will be a wild man. He will be a wild man against every man. That means Ishmael, along with his descendants, will be a man of conflict uh, against everything that is God promised and God ordained. This, this seed, which was born out of impatience has turned around and mocked God's promise. But I love a story that's got a good ending. 13 years later after Ishmael's birth and 24 years after God's original promise, Abraham is now 99 years old and Sarah, long past the age of having children, the Lord appeared to Abraham with a message and with a demand that God revealed himself as the almighty God, meaning that he's the El Shaddai, knowing that there's nothing that is impossible with him that he's all powerful and God will bring Abraham's promised son into the world by a miracle Pastor Jolly what are you saying tonight I've come to preach to somebody in first church that it doesn't matter how long it takes or what may look presently impossible in your life right now can I say like the old church used to say if God said it you don't wait until the saints to finish. Somebody just had to stand up, Brother Brooks, Brother Brooks, and say, if God said it, then I believe it. Him that settles it. Him that's good enough for me. Come on, church. Don't you let impatience drive you to make a decision that will take you out of God's promise. I hear the Lord says, they that wait you tonight. 
certain situation in your life and believing in the Lord. You've been hoping for things and it seems like it hasn't come to pass and that devil will like nothing else but to play tricks in your mind and lie to you and say quit praying, quit believing it's not going to come to pass. Oh, but I've come to let you know if God said it, if God spoke a word over your life, it doesn't matter how long it takes, you stand on what the Lord said, you stand on what God put in your spirit, and don't you let that devil drive you out of the will of God and the plan of God for your life. It doesn't matter how long it takes, I'm going to stand and I'm going to wait on This is why I tell my young people that are single and dating back home, Bishop, or trying to find somebody. They say, Pastor, well, I want a man. God help me tonight. Pastor, I'm lonely. You know, I just ain't nobody in the church for me. Can I, can I help somebody that may be at the place of wanting to discover? Don't let impatience drive you to make a decision that you settle for something that's less than what God plans for you. Is this all right tonight? Don't, 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 don't get to a, I don't care how fine he is. I don't care how fine she is. She can have lips, hips, and fingertips. I, I, I don't care how much he swags, how cute he is. If he's not on your level spiritually wise, don't you look that way. Don't you settle for less. Stand on what God has for you. And I learned to give God a greater praise because I understand, amen, that, that, that it wasn't man's credit. It wasn't to anyone's ability that gave me what I have. But, but I learned how to trust in Jesus. I learned how to give God a yet praise. And a yet praise means I'm not going to praise God when I see it. But when I don't see it and I don't know when it's going to come to pass and how it's going to come to pass, there's still a dance in advance believing on God's word. I dare you right now to give God a 30-second praise break because you understand what God has said over your life. Even though you don't see it yet, even though it hasn't happened yet, but something inside of me says, I believe God. Something says, I trust him. Something says, if God said it, it shall come to pass. You ought to shout for the job that hasn't come yet. You ought to shout for the money that hasn't come yet. You ought to shout for the husband and the wife that hasn't come yet. You ought to praise God for the healing in your body that hasn't come yet. I got to move. She was unloved by her own husband. She puts pressure on everyone else around her because she fails to realize that only God completes her. She was, in fact, somewhat unattractive and Jacob was already in love with her younger sister, Rachel, and Leah's father tricked Jacob into marrying her and 
Jacob resented her because of it, yet the Lord. Yet the Lord. That means in spite of what you've done and what you've been through, yet the Lord loved. <laughs> and though she was unloved by her own husband, she was loved by the Lord and the Lord still gave her a son. I've got to... I got to help somebody tonight. Aren't you glad that God loved you in spite of where you were? In spite of the pain that was in your life? In spite of the people closest around you that showed you no love and support? Aren't you glad that God's love is unconditional love? That it's not the love that we receive from uh, other people that, that says, if you don't love me, I'm not going to love you back. And But, but God love says it's unconditional it's agape love meaning that if you don't love me I'm still gonna love you it's a love that Paul says for whom he did foreknow or meaning whom he did for love that means that the love was already set so long before you came to church Long before you got the Holy Ghost, long before you knew what it was about living for God, Paul said it like this, while we were yet sinners, Christ died or he loved us. And you think I'm going to come to church and sit down like I'm in a library and not dance or I will step on your shoes because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, something inside of me says I've got to shout. I've got to dance. I've got to make a joyful noise. I've got to give him glory because he loved me. He loved me. He first loved me. I'm landing the plane. Leah's, Leah's desire were for her husband. Thank you, Paul, for reminding us. Set your affection. We don't got a sin problem because the word of the Lord already took care of that. We're sit abound. The grace of God much more bound. But, but my problem is where are our desires? Quiet. Where her desires were in areas of her life that was not fulfilling her. She, she was desiring her husband and, and three times she gave birth to sons. And every time she gave birth to a son, she stood in front of the mirror and she looked at herself and she said, this time, you know how y'all ladies do, y'all, you get your neck. You roll your eyes and you suck your teeth. And if he thinks he's going to come up in this house and act like I ain't nobody, we ain't having that tonight. If he thinks he's just going to walk in here and, and act like I'm just air, like I don't exist. Uh, oh, no. I gave that joker. I gave you three kids. I had the belly bump. I had stretch marks. 
I was the one that had back pain and, and sleepless nights. And you ain't rubbed my back. You ain't give me, you ain't rubbed my feet. You didn't feed me. I, I, I was just uncontrollably just whacked with just eating and, and all of these things. And, and you just going to come up in this house? And act like you don't love me? I've been wobbling three times for nine months. And you think you just gonna come up in this house and you gonna massage my feet tonight. You you gonna rub my back tonight. You gonna tell me how much you love me. You know, she got ghetto with it. We don't we don't got no ghetto folk in Charlotte. We got a whole lot in New York, but y'all pray for us New Yorkers, but she's you ain't coming up in this house like that. She did everything that she could. She's spending her money. She's spending her time. She's spending her energy. She's spending her focus. You know, she went to the salon and got her hair did. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it's, it's some of them hairstyles I got to last for the whole week. She was probably one of those ladies that stood up sleeping. <laughs> I can't lay down. The devil is a lie. You know how much I pay for this hair? This hair's not even mine. They got to last for the week. Yeah, she, she, she went down to the mall and got some nice perfume and, you know, she, she got a nice dress and got some high heels, maybe some red bottoms. I'm keeping it PG-13, don't worry. Uh, uh, she was probably saved, so she didn't have champagne. She had sparkling cider, and so she popped that and, uh, you know, she lit the candles and dimmed the lights and played some soft music and got everything right because when he gets home tonight, oh, he's going to walk in and say, baby, I just want to let you know I love you. I loves you, babe. It wasn't babe, it was babe. I loves you. Oh, it's gonna be all like Donkey Kong tonight. You gonna rub my back. You gonna, you just gonna act like I'm a queen and you gonna treat me right and you gonna treat me nice. And she did everything. I'm, I'm hurrying tonight. She did everything to try to get her husband's love and attention. She's pouring out her soul. She's wasting her time and money and energy into an area of her life that at the end of it all, the Bible says, yet Jacob did not desire her. The Holy Ghost has got a question for somebody at First Church tonight. Is it possible that we can birth blessings that we cannot enjoy? Because we keep on doing all the right things, but we're doing it for the wrong reason. Ooh, in here tonight yeah 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 we if we're not careful we can sing for the wrong reason we can we can preach for the wrong reason we can come to church for the wrong reason we can dress like we're saved for for the wrong reason i'm telling you god is checking hearts tonight god is checking desires tonight god is checking motives tonight is it possible that we can birth blessings that we cannot enjoy because we're doing all the right things but we're doing it for the wrong reason could it be because of this that we're still empty that we keep on doing all the right things but we're doing it for the wrong reason hear me tonight Leah hear me Leah in the house you got to make up your mind that anything that you love that you give your affection to your strength your money your time above God is an idol Hear me, Leah, in the church. You're glued to improper motives when you don't worship God because of who he is. Leah, hear me tonight. You worship God with the intent of still doing what you want to do afterwards and still living how you want to live afterwards. It's called false worship. 
Because when you worship God in spirit and truth, it changes the old man and everything becomes new because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Leah, you've got to learn. Don't look for people to validate you. Oh no, focus on God and let him validate you. Leah, never allow the things that God has given you to be a priority above God. No, Leah, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Leah, in all these things shall be added unto you. Here's a lesson tonight. And it's the most important lesson that we cannot make another person love us. In fact, the pressure and striving that we place upon others to accept us makes them reject us even more. Such striving is repulsive. Leah was striving for her husband's love and attention. But her hopes were not just deferred. They were dash brutally upon the rocks of life and after 10 to 15 years of trying Leah's hope of being loved by her husband had ultimately died but I love a story that's got a good ending something else occurred in Leah's life and it was the most significant turn in her life she became pregnant again aren't you glad that we serve a God that's that gives us another chance I'm not saying a second chance because somebody like me, he's a God of like a 700 chance and a, and a thousand chance. Aren't you glad that we serve a God of another? That when we fail and we mess up and we do hiccups and we get bumps on the road and we get disappointed. Oh, aren't you glad that God doesn't leave us where we are? But he says, I'm going to impregnate you with another chance to live. I'm going to impregnate you with my hope, my love. Hear me, somebody. Oh, she became pregnant again and with the fourth son. And during this month of pregnancy, out of her pain and out of her devastation, she began to seek the Lord. God for herself yeah. she started falling in love with the almighty God Leah said to herself the next time I stand in the mirror I'm not going to look for love in all the wrong places oh the next time I get pregnant I'm not going to reach for somebody that's not reaching back for me I'm not going to love somebody that's not loving me. Hear me, amen. The Holy Ghost has got a question for the church. What are you reaching for in this world that's not reaching back for you? What are you loving? How much money are you spending in areas of your life that at the end of the day you're still empty? You're still longing for more. You're still unfulfilled. I've got a word for somebody. God's about to impregnate you one more time. And this time, there's a Judah coming out of your spirit. And Leah said, this time, I will praise. I thought I was in first church tonight. I said, this time, give your neighbor a high five and say, this time. Because out of the lineage of Judah came the man Jesus Christ. I've come to let you know out of your pain, there's coming a praise. Out of your sorrow, there's coming joy. For weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And they that sow in tears, you're going to reap in joy. We are troubled on every side, yet not destroyed. 
distress. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. For whom shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall persecution, shall famine, shall nakedness, shall perilous sword. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that love us. And I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ this time I'm going to love him like I never loved him this time I'm going to serve him like I've never served him this time I'm going to desire him like I've never desired him somebody tonight. Bishop, you picked me up from the hotel tonight. And I felt the Lord put in my spirit. Tell the people tonight that you ain't come on this Friday night with a normal church. You didn't walk into the sanctuary tonight. You walked into a delivery room. this time title doesn't fit you enough I've got another message for you the next time you push wow hallelujah oh I wish I had a mom in here that helped me preach that you know what it is to push yeah like the doctor told sister Jolly on our first child push or die somebody it's a life and death matter for you your anointing is at stake your revival is at stake your marriage is at stake your family is at stake the Holy Ghost wanted me to tell you either push or die step into a sanctuary tonight you walked into a delivery room you're nine months pregnant baby and the next time you push you're pushing out your anointing the next time you push you're pushing out God's favor the next time you push you're pushing out a revival the next come on there's a Judah that's on the inside somebody needs to push and say this time Somebody's got to draw the line in the sand this time. I'm going to desire him like I've never desired him. I'm going to love him like I've never loved him. I'm sick and tired of wasting my time, my money, my energy, my focus in areas of my life that at the end of the day, I'm still empty. I'm still unfulfilled and I'm still unhappy this time. 
you know you walked into what God has for you and your purpose and your destiny when you come to a place in your spirit where you say this time I've searched for love in all the wrong places I've been seeking for it in all of the things of this world and all it does is left me empty but this time and I like the end of the story and I, I'm going to take my seat after this because uh, this indulge me just for two more minutes because the question is what ever happened to Leah at the end of her life because years went and years went by and Rachel and Leah they both died and Jacob lies on his deathbed and he brings his sons to the bedchamber and he, he says to his sons gather to my people and bury me with my fathers in the cave which Abraham bought for a burial site he says to his sons there they buried Abraham and his wife Sarah there they buried Isaac and his wife Rebecca and there I buried Leah Leah. Those words are so few, but they say so much. They say that God had beautified the afflicted one with salvation. And when the beauty of both wives from the outside all faded, the inside, the inner beauty of what Leah was inside of her was shown forth and it came to pass. My point is tonight, we are not in this world for our desires, but for his. What are you desiring tonight? Oh, somebody needs to step out of their seat and be honest and say, I don't want to keep birthing blessings that I cannot enjoy because I'm doing all the right things, but I'm doing it for the wrong reason. No, he knows the thoughts and the intents of your heart. And as we close this Passion Week, I just wonder if somebody would like to open their hearts tonight in this delivery room and say, God, there's a promise that you've given me. There's an anointing. There's a ministry. Hear me, somebody. God's brought you to this church for a reason. You are the key to the revival that's going to win an unsafe family member or a backslidden child or an unsafe spouse. God's going to use you. You are the key to revival. You haven't come to this church just to sit down and occupy a seat. No, there's promise in you. There's destiny in you. There's an anointing in you. Either push it out or die. This time, I'm going to love him like I've never loved him. This time, I'm not going to have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. This time, I'm going to pray like I've never prayed. I'm going to give like I've never given. I'm going to love like I've never loved. This time, I'm going to desire him like never before. This time, send your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Come on, raise your hands all over this house right now and reach out to him. Oh, there's a transformation in this house. There's a supernatural anointing in this house. If there's somebody that's hungry for it, lift your hands. Come on, if you're hungry for it, lift your hands. There's a fresh oil that's getting ready to be poured on you. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. 
If you would like to support our efforts, text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.